It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode of the A-List Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Welcome into the A-List Podcast. I'm Kwani A. Lunis, joined by Aishra Blakely and Gary Washburn. How have y'all been? It's been Good. a week. Yeah? How was All-Star? Cleveland. I, I saw. <laughs> Glad to be back from Cleveland. It was cold in Cleveland. Shocker. I mean, I'm used to cold, but this Cleveland was it was a different kind of cold. Like cold, cold, cold. It's winter. What did you expect? Chicago yeah, was we cold. We had wine, so it was all good, though. We had wine. <laughs> it was all good. There you go. Keep you, your spirits warm during that time. Did you enjoy yourself, G? Yeah, Cleveland was okay. It was just, It was okay. See, at least Gary keeps it real with us. That's why I appreciate it. Well, okay is an upgrade for Cleveland. Usually Cleveland suck. <laughs> yeah, I, I personally thought, like Cleveland. I thought the I city could have done I thought the city could have done better in terms of uh the amenities for the All-Star game. Not not tough for reporters, but just making the city look a little bit better. Um, you know, it, it, it's just one of those it, it it was nice, but uh I thought Cleveland would step up a little bit more than it did. That's just that's just my assessment. Do you mean like transportation wise or just the venues? What were you? Yeah, looking? just cl- like cleaning up downtown, making downtown look more presentable, having more open places for people to eat and for people to be able to grab out, you know, just the, the amenities to make it, you know, show the best of your city. Don't right. show, don't, this is not a Tuesday in, you know, in March. I mean, this is yeah. an all star weekend. So, like, have businesses open, open late, have, uh, you know, companies just really spruce up downtown and make the area near the arena look like, you know, a million do- a million bucks as opposed to like, eh, like I've been to, it was no, Cleveland was no different looking uh, than I had seen it before. Like and a regular thought, season game. Yeah, it just, I just thought the city could have really stepped up. The arena was nice and, you know, the game was nice and whatever. Uh, but I just thought, I just expected a little bit more. When when cities ask you know to host the All Star Game, you expect that they're going to really step up. That's well, fair. We don't have to worry about that because next year Salt Lake City will definitely step up. I know Gary is really looking forward to going. Things to Salt I Lake never City. thought I'd hear in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I like, like I mentioned, you, both of you were at the All Star Weekend festivities. This is the NBA 75th anniversary. What? from your perspective, made it a little more special considering that they were celebrating so much? You know, I, I didn't I didn't think it, it – it didn't really feel more special uh, only because 
a lot of the things that we would, a lot of the trappings that we would be engaged with it and we'd be doing, we still weren't able to do just because of health and safety protocols. Uh, there was a lack of availability for some of those, for all those legends, which I thought was a real uh, opportunity missed for the NBA to really have more stories yeah. about, you know, the guys who are on that, those 70, uh, that, that 75th anniversary team. Uh, but but overall, it didn't really feel as significantly different as I would have liked. Uh, for me personally, one of the highlights was running into Dave Bing, uh, who former, Syracuse. you know, Detroit Piston, former oh. NBA player who also played at Syracuse University back in the day. I had to throw that out there. Of and spending a little bit of time with Dave Bing was really cool to me, for, you know, was former mayor of Detroit. So he he that was for me the one of the cooler things about the weekend um, the way that Gary is about James Harris, who played for the Rams, I'm kind of oh. like that about Dave Bing. Okay. Dave Bing's like, that's like my dude. That's like my 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 North Star. That's the guy that I really, really admire uh, for for lots and lots of reasons. So I hope you didn't fanboy him. I, I went kind of fanboy on him when I ran into him. Maybe <laughs> uh, I was absolutely in my fanboy mode. So, um, you know. We all get one pass in our industry. Well, I, I mean, it wasn't like I ran into Michael B. Jordan or nothing like that, but, you know. We're not even going to go there today. Gary, what was your takeaway? From the 75, I thought the 75 was well done. I Like like Sherrod said, I felt like they could have had okay, – I, I remember seeing tapes. I wasn't there in 97, obviously. Uh, I was like, I'm, I think my first year covering the NBA, so I did not get a chance to go to All-Star. Um, I was four. Yeah, you were four. <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry, Gary. Well done, Gwani. Well done. Way to make the old man feel old. I see you. I do what I can. Anyway, moving forward. Moving forward. um, You know, you you see the tapes of, like, them having, like, Wilt Chamberlain speaking to a scrum, and all the legends were available for interviews and able to tell their journeys and their stories and even help promote the league and what they think about the league today. And I think that the NBA, like um, Sherrod said, botched an opportunity. They would not let us talk to the legends. Like, they did not make any media availability. And I don't think that they should have to talk to us. Like, I thought that they could have said to the guys, to the legends, hey, I mean, obviously, we're not going to get Jordan. We're not going to get probably Dennis Rodman. Maybe we would have gotten Dennis Rodman. Who knows? But they could have said, hey, um, X, you know, hey, there's a a 35, 40-minute window for – to speak to the media, those who would like to talk to the media. I mean, you don't mean to tell me Bob McAdoo, Robert Parrish, uh, some of those guys wouldn't have wanted to talk about their journeys and Dominique Wilkins. Like, I just think that's another swing and miss by the NBA. It's promote your league. What do they think? What does Dominique think of now? Or what is Robert Parrish? I've talked, you know, we've talked to Robert Parrish over the years or Bob McAdoo or some of the guys that are just happy to be on the 75 team. Of course, I don't know if we're going to get you know, uh, Jordan or, you know, whoever, but Paul Pierce was there. You don't think Paul would want to talk? Like, they didn't make any of those guys available. The ceremony, I thought, was first class. I thought it was great. I thought, you know, it had been cool, and I think they did maybe leave them time to themselves, like in that room where they were taking photos where the current all-stars were able to mesh and, and, and kind of uh, network and talk to those talk to some of these guys who were heroes, and I thought it was awesome that Jordan showed up. I think the whole weekend was like, is Jordan going to show? What's going to happen? You know, is he going to, because he was, everybody knew he was at the Daytona 500 or whatever. 
with his uh, driver, Bubba Wallace. So is he going to come? And, you know, if he isn't, that just kind of taints the weekend because the greatest player of all time isn't at the 75. The fact that he showed up and then the whole thing with him and LeBron, like they are, yeah. they have not, you know, that was, I thought, the, the, the highlight of the weekend. Like Jordan finally saying, hey, man, you the man. Like, you know, much respect. I know I haven't been as open about my admiration for you, but, you know, hugs, much love to, to what you've done. I just thought the league always seems to do things right. And I just thought that 75. And then it's just an egg in the face of the people who didn't show. I mean, the Russell Westbrook, you know, Anthony Davis, like come, what, what you got to do, Anthony, like, you know, Carl Malone, this, even Larry Bird, like, come on, Larry, bring yeah. your ass to Cleveland. You live in Indiana. Like, what do you like? You know, and I can understand people have some kind of excuses, but or family obligations, but some of the people that didn't show up, you know, or like Steve Scott, Nash, we know yeah. you ain't doing nothing. Yeah. Right. Steve Nash, Scotty yeah. Pippen, Scotty Pippen scaves everybody, writes a book, but is don't want to show That's his face at all. Yeah, yeah, don't want to show his face at All Star Weekend where where he has been here before. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that you know the league can try to do. And remember, with the top set, the top fifty team in nineteen ninety seven, forty seven of the fifty guys showed up. Yeah. Um, one Pete Maravich was dead. Jerry West was having surgery, and Shaq's you know young ass was having like knee had had like a knee injury and didn't want to come to Cleveland. And then he said, if he had known that it was going to be like it was, he would have came. Mm-hmm. So, they, you know, I, I think that the league tried. It put on its best show. Um, it did a good job. But I thought there was a couple things they could have done. But I thought overall the ceremony was touching and emotional. And on a more local level, there are so many Celtics that made that 75 list. You two in particular being one of the few local media members there. I think the market could have benefited from having those conversations uh, more than just talking to Tatum about how it felt to be in a picture with legends. Like what are the legends perspective of being with someone like Tatum and maybe hearing what, like you said, the the younger generation has to say about the league. So I do agree that is a huge miss on their part, but overall from a social media standpoint, I think they kind of facaded that by capturing all those moments with MJ and all the, I thought, I, I love the black excellence aspect of seeing all of our legends age gracefully. I thought that was really inspiring. So from that end, I'll give them a thumbs up though. <laughs> it was all right. It was all right. I, from a social media standpoint, they did a good job. I mean, the NBA has always been one of the more premier leagues when it comes to their contact, I think, with millennials and the younger generation in general. Yeah, I mean, they've they, they mastered that part. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they totally understand the power of messaging, the power right. of engagement, and, and things like that. But I just they, didn't. Yeah, they, they could have done things a bit better, though. I didn't get the whole, like, and this is the maybe TNT, the whole introducing Jordan, then going to Machine Gun Kelly, and then sticks his, and sticks his tongue out at the camera. Like, that was just so, like, it was Machine Gun Kelly weekend. Like, we had him, they gave him a forum to talk. I'm like, First of all, I couldn't name a Machine Gun Kelly song. Like, Same. Maybe, maybe, really, I don't you recognize his wife, though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no offense. Like, I, I no, thought I don't get that one. Handing him, handing him the keys to the to represent Cleveland, I thought was a like, what are we doing here? Okay, yeah. he's a popular rapper from Cleveland, so it's it's his weekend. You, okay, you put him in a celebrity game or whatever. You had him speak, and, and then basically he says, "I'm not going to dap anybody." any other entertainers from Cleveland, I'm going to 
I don't know if you heard that, but I'm going to like, you know, reach out to the people who work hard, which is cool. But he's like, he could have named all the famous people that came from Ohio, from that Cleveland area, you know, the OJs, great groups that came from Cleveland. Halle Berry. Yeah, Halle Berry. Way before her, way before he, he was around. And so I just thought it was interesting for him. I mean, I didn't understand the whole, let's, let's hand it to machine gun Kelly and, and give him, make it him like the unofficial all-star host like that. And then I said the whole Jordan introduction, they put the camera on machine gun Kelly. Of Overshadowing all it. Yeah. And then, then he sticks his tongue out at the camera or does something like, like it was like, <laughs> you know, sometimes the league tries to be too, too cool, too cool. Stop that. Well, I still think they could have got Halle Berry. <laughs> they could, or they could have got the baby. The baby is from Cleveland. That's true. I think people that would have resonated more with NBA fans, that but maybe it probably, was. Yeah, yeah. I'm not understanding that one. Well, it's in the books now. Seventy fifth in the books, at least the weekend itself. There was a lot though that went on when you talk about JT and his presence there. I want to quickly dive into what do you guys think stood out about Tatum from All-Star Weekend? He fit, he played, he started, and he didn't get hurt. Boom. That's 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 a winner for me. That's, all, that's all I really wanted to see him do was get out there, crack a sweat, maybe score a couple points, get back on the bench, and get ready for the second half of the season. Um, Tatum, I think they're just certain players that because of how they operate – are never going to really stand out in all-star games. I think Tatum's one of those guys. He's such a just kind of a skilled player who's looking for mismatches and iso ball. And you would think in, a, in something like an all-star game that would work. But the problem is Tatum doesn't have that. I'm just going to score ridiculous buckets regard, even when you're not defending me. I think Tatum, he, he frankly – he doesn't have a loose enough game to take advantage of guys who aren't really defending him because uh, he's so yeah. used to guys trying to limit him, and, and that's just not happening All-Star uh, Weekend. Um, Tatum was good. No complaints. I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing him back on the floor when the games count, though. Obviously, yeah. Uh, I thought Tatum was fine, like Sherrod said. I think the only way that he has one of those, like, crazy breakout All-Star games is if he starts hitting a bunch of threes, you know, um, but you know he took the ball to the hoop a couple times. He had like he had like six, three, five, six rebounds. Like he he did what he's supposed to do. Um, I don't think like Sherrod said his style lends to like him getting thrown alley oops and driving to the basket and dunking on people and and doing that. Um, and then I think what it is is when you have when you're trying to be the uh, go for the MVP. Um, you got to try. Like, Embiid was trying to get the MVP. Like, Embiid was putting – Embiid was going at folks. He was putting it on the floor. He was showing all – and then Steph was just on one of them rants, on them, one of them barrages, rampages, to where it was It was like, oh, my God. I mean, you know, it was just he – was, he, was, he was super Steph uh, that night. So when he started hitting them, and he's like, well, shoot, this is a show. I'm, I'm going to put on a show. So unless Tatum gets in that mode – like one of that, you know, 50 point mode where you at the Wizards where it's just going down. He's going to be one of those guys that gets 16 points, 
eight rebounds, maybe four assists, uh, a couple steals, and it kind of takes a step back to the real superstars who really tried uh, trying to go for MVP. Like I knew, you could just tell Embiid was trying to go for MVP. Yeah. Um, and Steph ended up outshining him because Steph's shot was falling. You know. Right. Final All Star question because we have to talk about this. There is a picture that Bleacher Report posted of KG, Paul Pierce. Shout out to Bleacher Report. I see you. <laughs> and Ray Allen. Is the beef squashed? Are they friends? Do you have any sourcing on this information? People want to know. Everything is status quo. <laughs> status quo. I, I, I think, status listen, I, I, I just don't think they're ever going to get to a point where they're like good, good with each other. I think there's always going to be certain element of um, discontentment among them. And again, I think it's petty. But there's a part of me that kind of cringes at that, and at the same time, kind of likes the pettiness. You get both big... sides. You can get both sides. I understand both sides. I I, I just I, I just wish that you know um, they keep mixing it up, which is the way they do. Some there's some days like like the other day where it looked like, hey, maybe they've kind of made bygones be bygones, but then you realize, right. nah, they still petty. Right. They still petty. <laughs> yeah. I can't be mad at that. Can't be mad. They at did that. it for the people. Exactly. For the people. <laughs> I think you're muted, Gary. Yeah. I think, okay, like it was a little bit confusing because what got out was the video mm-hmm. when Ray was introduced and then Barnett was like taking deep breaths. And I don't, and everybody and he was didn't like, clap. Paul yeah. Pierce clapped a little bit. Yeah. And it was like, oh, is he blowing Ray off right. or is Ray blowing him off? And then, you know, so that was confusion there. Then Pierce. It wasn't Bleach Report. Pierce put that photo on his Instagram page. Got it. Oh, and they reposted, of course. Yes, yeah. So let's credit Paul Pierce's Instagram. Thank Uh, you for that. Yeah, it was Pierce's Instagram page that uh, he posted in like the sixth of ten photos. So you That makes it a bigger deal, though, that he posted. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He posted the photo. So obviously someone either he knew took it or someone sent it to him, or mm-hmm. through his camera phone, he had it taken. The fact that Kevin even took the picture, I think, is a major progress. Right. Secondly, Kevin was smiling, okay? So either Kevin put on a big front for his boy, or yeah. Kevin softened a little bit. Now, the question is, was the t- picture taken before or after the introduction? Was it taken Was it taken in when they were back there, or was it taken before when they were doing photo shoots? Because if you look at the, all the pictures, there was, you know, the, the, all the Laker players that were 75. There was a picture. Paul had a picture of the o- three Oakland point guards, Kid, Peyton, and Damon Lillard. Like, mm-hmm. there were all types of segmented pictures, all the 76ers, you know, Dr. J, Iverson. Mm-hmm. And there I was think- a Celtics one with Cat where he decided to photobomb as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was a Celtics one where Tatum got in with – you know, like there was all these like segmented, you know, Magic mm-hmm. took one with Jordan. So obviously they were all doing photos. So if it was yeah. taken during then, then, then all of a sudden Ray blew him off or he felt like, who knows? Yeah. Uh, I think the picture is a major situation because Kevin doesn't do anything to, on accident or to be nice. So Kevin had to want to do it because if not, they would have taken pictures at the Hall of Fame, uh, whatever, when when 
Paul was introduced into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Kevin obviously introduced him because you get a, a fellow Hall of Famer to kind of introduce you, right? When Paul got off the stage and Chris Bosch came up and Ray was on the stage, like Kevin left. Okay, Kevin was not around for the post when the ceremony ended where guys were taking pictures. All the Heat people were taking pictures with Bosch and Allen. Like Kevin was unexplicably gone. Kevin left. I was looking for Kevin. So there was no, there was going to be no one to get him and Paul together who are now all in the Hall of Fame and go, hey, Hall of Fame. Like you would think, and maybe the 75 thing has softened Kevin up a little bit um, because to get him to take that picture, and I know Kevin, okay, <laughs> is that's not no accident. Yeah. You know, there was a reason why he took it. Now, was it a favor to Paul? Who knows, you know, whether Paul was like, come on, man, please. Like, because Kevin was smiling in that picture. Yeah. Okay, that's a major situation because everybody, the whole narrative all Monday afternoon was, oh, Kev, Kev still got major beef, look what happened. And then um, all of a sudden, in the middle of the afternoon, Paul posts all these pictures from weekend, which includes like picture six of 10 pictures on Instagram, him, Paul, him, sorry, him, Kevin, and Ray. Yeah. So maybe that's a progress. We'll see what happens March 13th. Will Ray come to the Garnett retirement ceremony? Will he be invited? Will he be feel comfortable enough to come? We'll see. I think Ray wants no smoke. I yeah. think let's be honest, folks. It's been 10 years. Okay, 10 years. We've lost a million lives to COVID. Um, so many things have happened. So many people are gone in the last decade. Kevin, like, you know, it, it, it didn't, it happened. Ray won a chip with Miami, so it wasn't like, you know, it was a useless move or y'all lost when you left. We could, like, you know, and people don't understand. I've, been, I've explained to people for years. Okay, here's the situation. Danny dangled Ray in a trade to Memphis. Okay, Ray remembered that. Danny could have extended Ray during that 11-12 season. He didn't. Danny then signed Jason Terry. So you remember, Avery Bradley was emerging, and Doc was starting Bradley over Allen. So here comes an emerging Avery Bradley, and also you signed Jason Terry. What position is Ray going to play? Yeah. How, and then Danny had that BS, well, uh, Ray and Tate Jason can play together on the – like, really, you're going to play two – shooting guards who don't defend well at the same time, like, unless you you know, like, really? Like, how yeah. are they all, all going to play together? Like, that was the whole thing. Then that was they, opening. Yeah, then they offered Ray, you know, Ray took uh, half the money. Ray went down to Miami, had dinner with Mickey Harrison and Pat Riley, got calls from LeBron and D. Wade, and that was, that was a wrap. Like, I can't blame Ray entirely for leaving Boston. Because yeah. I talked to Ray during that season, and Ray was like, dude, they're not restricted to, to make it resign me today. They didn't. They waited last minute. Danny made some mistakes during his era. That, and then remember, folks, Tony Allen, Tony, Tony wanted three years, nine million guaranteed. Danny gave him two years and six. No, pay that man. With a third year as a team option. Why he go to Memphis? Memphis guaranteed the third year. All Tony wanted was $3 million a year. 
three million kept the Celtics from get, bringing Tony Allen back. And Tony had a good three, four, five more years in him before he slowed down, right? He he helped build Grindhouse. So sometimes Danny made mistakes, and, and that was a situation that if he really wanted Ray back, he would have signed him. You know, sign now. Did he, was it not all that great for him in terms of team relations to go to the arch rival? Yeah, yeah could he have went? You know, like would it have been better if he had went with Charlotte or something? Of course, but people think Ray just blew off the Celtics. The Celtics had plenty of opportunity to re-sign Ray, and then the whole camel, the straw that broke camel's back, was signing Jason Terry. Yeah, like Jason, like Ray is like, oh, you signed another, like basically top ten all time three point shooter. And I'm supposed to be cool with that. And this is not the Steph Warriors where you could put five shooters or four shooters on the floor and Draymond. This was still a traditional NBA with a big man, Perk, with Garnett, with Pierce. So you're going to play Perk, Garnett, Pierce, or whoever the big man is, and then play uh, Tate, uh, Allen, and, and Jason Terry. And then you got to put in Avery somewhere because Avery – at, was 22 years old at the time, just kind of getting into his prime. Like, Avery didn't have a great prime, but Doc liked Avery because he defended the hell out of, out of the, you know, he defended everybody, and he was good. He was emerging. So Ray was already losing minutes his last year. So there's a lot going on there. Now, could Ray have, uh, could Ray have called Paul and Kevin and said, hey, fellas, this is what I'm thinking about doing? I don't, I think he, yes, he could have, reached out to them and had a one big collective zoom conversation or whatever it was back then (laughs) text group text or three-way call and a letter. Yeah. And figured it out. They say emails are through AOL. Yeah. Stop it. Kwani. You got mail. (laughs) I know, I know, I know Kwani in 2019 or 2012, you were 19. Um, (laughs) Just like Jason Tatum's 19 now. Yeah, just right. like Jason Tatum. You were Jason Tatum. Yeah. Yeah, same age. So you, you were a freshman at B, you were a freshman at BC. Yeah. So um that's the thing that that's what I think happened. But it's time to end this beef, bring the 08 team back for a reunion, mm-hmm. have everybody make friends. We done lost people to COVID. It's just too much yeah. now. Like this whole beefing, it was cute and, and people like that intrigue, but let it go. It's over. Period. Before we move on to the regular season that needs to end for the Celtics team, I have to give a shout out to betonline.ag. Obviously, football season is way behind us, but we still have basketball, a lot of basketball ahead of us, especially we look at March Madness. So for all your latest odds, totals, and player performance, that's the place that you want to go. They're the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. You can head over to their website and use our 50% welcome bonus, CLNS50. You've heard it. A million times by now and that can help you get started it's not just basketball though they have hockey boxing ufc odds they're the best in the business so if you haven't done so already head over to bet online the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games bet online where the games start when the last game that the celtics played marcus smart ended up leaving with an injury a sprained ankle so looking forward to this second half not really half, but ending of this regular season, how much of a blow do you think? Well, obvious it's obvious answer, but will Marcus's absence make on that team moving forward? I'm hoping he's good to go. 
when they get back. I mean, and if he is not able to go, then it'll be just two, three games because he, he's such an important part of what this team is about. You know, they're like three and seven, three and eight this year when he doesn't play at all. And when you look at this this great stretch of play they've, they're on, where they won like nine of their last 10, mm-hmm. I think it's 11 out of 13, something like that. His ability to defend at a high level, be a facilitator, and just frankly just chip in, you know, odds and ends here and there to help this team win. That's so important to have a guy like that. And, you know, the, the big thing about Marcus is that he is doing his best to shed that combo guard label that has att- has been attached with him forever because that's what he's been, a guy that can play both guard positions. But Ime has allowed him to be more of a facilitator, more of a playmaker, and you're seeing the residual effects of that kind of trickle down when you look at points scored, points allowed, differential, net rating, things of that nature. So I I think he's, he's going to be all right, and I think the Celtics will be all right. But it's again, he's one of those guys that seems forever and a day he's always dealing with some type of injury. And I don't know about you, Kwani, but usually as as I get older, those bumps yeah. and bruises don't just heal like they used to. Yeah. It takes a little bit of time. Sometimes you got to get a little – I can't even – I'm not even going to say the product name, but there's some products that you can use. Yeah, because I'm not trying to get nobody no free advertising at all. We're doing that. Um, But, yeah, I I just think that it takes a little bit more time to really kind of bounce back, if you will. Uh, But Smart, he's going to be fine, though. I'm not not really worried about him because, again, this team, I think, as a group, is playing well enough to win a lot of these games, especially when you look at the teams they got coming up, you know, this week. Uh, They really should run the table and win all three games. What about Robert Williams and his shortness of the calf? <laughs> He's another one we've been talking about injuries all season, though, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the hope is that Marcus was able to heal during this week. I don't, I think I mean, he was listed as doubtful for the Detroit mm-hmm. game that they lost, yep. and they scratched him. Obviously, you don't want him playing in that game, regardless. Right. So you hope that he might, he might be ready for Brooklyn on Thursday. I think we'll find out tomorrow because they return to practice tomorrow, uh, mm-hmm. Wednesday. Um, and we'll find out if he's ready or if you, do you rest him the weekend and just take your chances against Detroit and Indiana uh, with the roster that you have and hope you can eke out a couple of wins there. Um, because right now every game is critical. They're four and a half back. They don't want to be in the play-in, but they could definitely drop into the play-in. Them and Toronto are going to be fighting for that sixth spot. Um, you don't know what's going to happen with Brooklyn when they start getting their healthy team together. Uh, you know, Cleveland's still around, Chicago. So it's not guaranteed the Celtics are going to even finish out of the play-in. So they've got to win every game possible. And they have a pretty um, – uh, our man Mitt said last week the sixth easiest schedule down the stretch, I believe – because they they played everybody pretty much, you know, one game left against Miami, um, one game left against Milwaukee. You know, they have a good game at Golden State. So they're not playing, you know, one game at Charlotte, one game left at Chicago. Like they have they have a chance to jump on teams and, and make this happen. A couple of games left with Detroit, um, you know, the Pacers. Yeah, the Pacers. They're done with the Knicks. Um uh, they got one. They got two more with Brooklyn, you know. So they got a chance, you know, uh, to jump on. They got one more with Atlanta at home. Like they've got a chance uh, to make some ground, but they're gonna have to win some of these games. And so every game is important. 
So we'll see what happens and if Marcus is ready. And Robert, maybe he just needed a week off to rest his body. Um, he's got to be tougher, let's be honest. Some of these injuries are just not kind of like, you know, calf soreness and things like that. Robert's got to either build his body up a little bit more in the offseason because these little sore left knee things are, are stopping him from being that first-rate uh, caliber center. Mm-hmm. Our favorite game segment, whatever you want to call it, pick and roll. We just talked about the all-star break. Who is the player that you're going to watch, Celtics player specifically, post-all-star? Pick them, and why are you rolling with that? Don't all speak at once now. <laughs> Sherrod is trying to talk. I right. was trying to hear you. But you guys didn't hear me. Uh, no, the guy, the guy I want to see is Neesmith. That's the okay. guy I really want to see. Because at this point, for the Celtics to have the kind of season that I think they envision, you're going to need someone that you're not necessarily counting on to all of a sudden be able to be counted on. And Neesmith is a guy that I think has the potential to do that. I mean, they've already cleared a pathway of sorts for him by getting rid of Romeo. And when you look at their the way they're built, if you take away Tatum and Brown, they really don't have wings that you feel – some semblance of, of good about. And, and he's a guy that, again, if he can get to start, if he can start doing the one thing, the one thing that they they evaluated him on doing at this level is making shots. If he starts making shots, things are going to work out really well for him and the Celtics the second half of the season where they could potentially go from, instead of just not being in a play-in game, they can actually be maybe a top three, top four potential seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs, which is amazing for them considering where they were just like a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what he what? get for talking about me. Yeah. No. I said, why don't you go? No. What do you think, Wani? I didn't have time to think about it. Uh, this might be a cop-out, but – I'm just interested to see Tatum continue to build on his game because he's had a decent enough season. But I think being around all of these legends over the last weekend will help him maybe be a little more inspired to round his game out a little bit more and be more of a leader as well. That's my cop-out answer. She totally copped out on that one. My goodness. I, I want to see, see Jalen Brown. <laughs> Jalen Brown's a guy – can he put the team on his shoulders, take some pressure off Tatum, be more consistent, and be that all-star? Does he want? Does he have a chip on his shoulder? He missed out on some money because he didn't make the all-star team. That's a good one. And is he ready to be that all-star more consistently, stay healthy, avoid the turnovers, mm-hmm. avoid the you know sometimes questionable shot selection, or avoid driving to the basket and getting stripped, things like that. Like sometimes Jalen this season has played unengaged. He's not quite been there. It looks like he's just trying too hard. He looks tired at times. Yeah. Um, there's been some games where he's just like, it's just, he don't look quite right. Can he take this week off? Because maybe he didn't need it. Maybe it was a blessing. He didn't get the chance to go to Cleveland and not get a lot of sleep and be out with the guys and all yeah. that. Maybe he needed to go somewhere, decompress, warm, get, rest his body, and then be ready for a monster last 22 games because that's what they're going to need from him. I mean, I said, there's no guarantee they avoid the play-in. You would like for them to avoid the play-in if you're a Celtic fan. You don't want to play in that 
You don't want to play in those one and done games or have you know one you know one one game you got to win and you got then you know you get in and you're facing the second seed. You you would like for them to maybe have a shot at that fourth seed and have a home playoff series or whatever. You know we don't know, but they still got a shot. They're only four and a half out of first. Right. And I have a feeling that one of these teams is going to drop like a rock. I can't tell you which one. Cleveland. I'm looking here <laughs> like, you know, Toronto is a game and a half, a half game behind us. So they're seven. So Milwaukee, they're two games behind Milwaukee, two games behind Cleveland and two games behind Philly. You would think it might be Cleveland or whatever, but Cleveland's got, got a home heavy schedule to finish. Um, you know, who knows about, you know, the Celtics. Just think about it, folks. The Celtics are four wins behind first place. Miami, they only have four less wins than Miami first place. You know all the games, how many games they blew this year? I mean, are you serious? Right. They could easily <laughs> for grabs. Yes, they could easily have 40 wins. They could easily be first in the East. Yeah. Which is kind of scary. Anything Yeah, anything is possible. But if they had <laughs> win half of the games that they blew this year, they'd be first in the East. So they have a Good. shot here. Okay. They just have to play sound ball. And they need both Jalen and Jason to be that two-headed monster to take them to that next level. So I'm looking for I'm putting uh, I'm pointing to Jalen Brown as the guy who's got to come through more consistently, go. avoid yeah. the turn, avoid turnovers, avoid the you know I said before the kind of the sleepwalking through first halves because he or just kind of like oh damn they stripped the ball like get back on defense, make a hustle play, knock the ball away. Get a rebound if, it's, if you're mm-hmm. if for two for eleven from the field. Damn it, Jalen, get get three or four steals. Get a couple of offensive rebounds. Die for a loose ball. Like that's what I'm looking for from Jalen. That's a good one. Okay. <laughs> Thank okay. you, Kwame. I well, do like Gary Washburn. After the trade dead deadline, obviously all of these most teams look into the buyout market. Do you think the Celtics still need to be looking or are you too okay with the team that they have now? I want a guard. I, I, I want a guard who can make a shot and can run an offense. You, R- Brooklyn reportedly picked up Drogic, although mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the guy I want because I'm not convinced he's got much mileage left in his game. But if you're the Celtics, you're looking for someone who you can basically throw out there for 15, 20 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. And those guys are not, not easy to find because often – they're either making low money, so teams don't want to move them, or they're simply way out your price range, and, and you just you, you let them go by. So in buyout markets, obviously, that becomes some, somewhat of an equalizer of sorts in that regard. But I don't think they're going to be players in the buyout market. I, I think they're going to rock with the crew they got unless in the next less than a week one of their main core folks gets hurt. But, uh, no, I, I – mm Yep. As it, as it pointed out, the Celtics have two days of signed two players. Here's a player that they should target, and that's Javon Carter, who just got weighed by Brooklyn um, to make room for Drogics. Javon Carter is a dude who plays defense like a hound. Remember, he was in that West Virginia system that played constant full court press. I remember him way back in his West Virginia days as a guy who was just a hard-nosed, little gritty guard who can hit threes, who's tough, not going to back down from anybody. And he's old. I mean, he's like 26, 27. Yeah, but he's 26 going on 40, and you watch him. I can't. I can't. 
He's even younger than Kwani, which is saying a lot, right? Because um, wow. we all know how young, we all know Kwani's nineteen. Anyway, yes, only nineteen. Yeah, only nineteen. Yikes. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was four then. Yeah, we knew Kwani. Anyway. Um, anyway. So Javon Carter, that's your guy. That's you the guy that I think they, if, he, if he clears waivers and because I think, I don't know if the Celtics can claim him if they have the cap space, but if he clears waivers, I'm the, he's the first guy I go after. Unless you want to depend on Peyton Pritchard, I think you can not hurt yourself by going after a guy like Javon Carter. He's tough. He can defend. He's not going to want the ball. He can run a team. And, he, you know, he's, he's played well this year. I don't, you know, obviously when you have Drogic, uh, you know, you probably you choose him over over Carter, and, yeah. and and Brooklyn's making so many roster changes and had to add so many people with the you know bringing on Simmons and Curry and Drummond or whatever that they they didn't have enough roster space. But I think he's he's an NBA player. Okay, he's the guy you go after. Sherrod would disagree. Well, I think that at some point, you know, and I, I totally get why Brad is trying to get out of the babysitting, you know, daycare business, which he's been in with the yeah. Celtics, with all these young young pups running around here, clueless. Um, there's a well, joke my, in there about you, Kwani, but I'm going to let it go. Sorry to interrupt. Just yeah. read, just read Javon Carter signing with Milwaukee. So somebody, uh, so somebody, that. somebody want him. See what See? I'm saying? Like. Just like that, Gary, from Gary's mouth to the Bucks. <laughs> yeah. So I ain't crazy. Some good right. team wanted them. Well, you, you, know. you are crazy, but that's besides the point. Yeah. What I think that this is what I think the Celtics need to decide. Are you going to go after a guy that's already made who can help you now, or do you want to develop someone? And right now, Pritchard is like the development guy, but I'm not sure that he's that guy. I mean, He's, he just hasn't been as impactful with any semblance of consistency that you want. And if you go and you look at their that main Celtics team, the one up in, in Portland, Maine, they got a kid by the name of Chris Clemens who is balling. And I know he's more of a scoring guard than, than certainly playmaker, but he ha- he's had like two or three consecutive triple-doubles. And even if you're in a damn G League, that's still that's nothing to sneeze about. Now, can he come in and help you? Win a playoff series? No. Well, he can probably give you five to ten good minutes yeah. once a month, which is pretty much what you're getting out of Pritchard. And at least with, with him, there's a certain unknown dynamic to him. Whereas Pritchard, you pretty much know what you're dealing with. And even with Dennis Schroeder cast aside, he's still not get Pritchard's still not giving you what you necessarily need him to bring on a, on a night in, night out basis. And it might Try. be Try new buck. What's up, G? You know Chris Clemens is five nine. I know he's another little, what 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 a, a Payne Pritchard is a giant. No, I'm saying if you're gonna do that, sign Isaiah. If you're really gonna bring in some five nine dude, bring in somebody who's gotten buckets before in the league. If you're gonna if you're gonna do that, I like Chris Clemens. He played at Campbell. He has a high score in college. He was a high school guy in the country. Yeah, at Campbell in North in Carolina, like uh, played for the Rockets. Some I've seen him. He's putting up the numbers. But if you're gonna sign a dude that short, sign somebody who's proven. That's so. In other words, you and a Brad Stevens plan. You ain't trying to mess with the daycare kitties no more. No, I'm talking. No. <laughs> what happened when they did that with Romeo Carson Shimei? Did you just call him Shimei? 
Damn what his name was Shimmy. You call Shimmy. What he French now? Shimmy. Taco. Like, where are they at? The development thing don't work. The Celtics haven't had a player. I looked at this in the rookie game since Tatum. That shows you what's I mean, you know, come on now. Like they haven't me Smith and Pritchard, neither of them got a sniff. Pritchard could have gotten in the rookie game last year, maybe, but he got left out. But it's a shame that you don't have – you're not developing young prospects. So you want to sign another young kid? I think Clemens is doing a great job in the G League. Now, if, he, if there's a high demand for him, you sign him to that other two-way contract to keep him obligated. But I don't think you bring him in for this season to try to make an impact. I think what you do is you go after a veteran who gets bought out who can help you win a game or two. None of these buyout guys are going to turn around unless it's one of those high-profile guys who ask for a buyout from a bad team and come in here and get 10, 15 minutes a game. Other than that, you're asking this guy to win you a couple of games or make a play or two, that type of thing. Pritchard, I don't trust because he's not shot the ball well. Like, he's gotten tons of open shots this year. He just hasn't – they haven't gone down. Smith, I don't trust in terms of scoring – I think he's a he's a he's a glorified hustle guy. I mean, we saw the damn rookie game, Rising Stars game the other night. Who was in there? Our friend Desmond Bain. Uh, all these guys. I mean, there's uh, plenty. There's yeah. plenty of there's. You can look at that draft and look at all the the, the second year players. And Aaron didn't even get considered. He wasn't even on a list. And I'm not ripping him. He's, he's a nice kid. He's played sure hard, not. but. He's turned into Romeo part two. Like you're looking at like just a role guy. Yeah. Is, is Aaron Neesmith have potential to be an NBA starter at this point? No. Like, unfortunately I don't see it. Well, he's got to Like I, I just, and I did think, I think by now you could tell if he could. So yeah. I'm not signing no more prospects. If I'm Brad Stevens, I'm going after vets. That's a, that's what the good. You see what Milwaukee's doing. You see what Brooklyn's doing. They going after vets. Dudes who know how to play, can know how to know what to bring on the road. Been to all these cities. You don't want nobody. You know, look, oh my God, I'm in the league. Oh my God, I can't believe this. No, no. Gary hates kids. He really does. Hates, but I get it comes down to kids. NBA kids, human kids, kids, all kids. I hate when kids tell you how young they are, tell you, oh, I was only 12. Get I, off Gary Long. Gary is never going to get over this. Get off his lawn, Kwani. Right, he got a sign. Get off. <laughs> then they remind you how young they are. Then if you ask them some reference, like, do y'all remember, like, Mary J. Blige's first album? Then, then Mary who? Get the, Mary J. Blige, what's the 411? Then Kwani want to get insulted. Pull out the phone. Yes. Like, what? Four. I know that. Get insulted yeah, about that. I know that album. What you talking about? When you ask them age range questions and they ask if they remember, they get offended. But then That's yet want to then re, yet want to remind you how young they are. I well, can't ooh, even be mad I'm, at you for that. I'm, That's I'm trying, okay. to ask, I'm trying to ask you something that was out before you was born, and you and you acting and you acting like, why would you ask me that? I know that my mama had that. Uh, cassette. Yeah, <laughs> I was humming that when I was in the womb. Yeah. What you about yeah. <laughs> but you know how young I am, right? You know I don't remember that, right? You know I wasn't around. Life for that, is right? about I'm... balance, Gary. You just have to get used to it. That's how we get are. Get off now. Gary's lawn, Quanny. Life's yeah. about life's about double standards. That's what this is double <laughs> standards. So if I ask, 
Anyway, I like, I, I think you use your two-way spots on development because now you've got the one kid, Roderick Thomas, who signed to the two-way, but you have an open two-way spot. If you want to bring Clemens on and bring him, I think that's a good idea because he's putting up the numbers. But to depend on him to do something this year, no, nah, man. You go out and get an old guy. And Devon, Car- Javon, Car- he- Javon Carter, 26. He's three years younger than Quan. Javon Carter says he's 26. I think he did. Did he yeah. sign West Virginia in first season there? You need some investigative journalism in this. I'm saying. Well, that, that brother got to be at least 40, Gary. I can't He spent at least at least five, six, seven decades. He's older than Jerry McNamara. Seven decades. You need to be stopped. So, unrelated to the association, we're going to go to college basketball really quickly. I'm sure both of you have seen Jawan Howard in the altercation, as they're calling it, online. What were your reactions to the Michigan head coach? He has now been suspended for the rest of the Wolverine season. Do you think the suspension is fair? I know there's still speculation as to what happened, but would love to hear your thoughts. I think the suspension was just. Uh, based upon what happened, based upon the fact that this wasn't the first time he'd gotten into it with a, a coach. You know, a couple of years ago, he got into it with uh, Maryland's uh, former coach. Uh, and, and so that that it, it wasn't not quite to this magnitude we saw, but yeah. it's it's it wasn't as if this came out of the blue. But I'm like, this is the thing that, that bothered me. And I, and I wrote about this for, for Ebony.com. Um, Shameless plug. No, very shameful. We're just working on this story. Yeah. As a matter of fact, no. But the, the issue that I had with all of that was I don't have a problem with them punishing Juwan. I do have a problem with them pretty much letting the guy who instigated this skate scot free, and that you know the, the head coach, uh, Mr. Guard of Wisconsin. Because remember, yeah. when you look at the replay of the whole entire incident. Jawan is in that don't mess with me, bro, mode. We mm-hmm. we have all had a friend, a family member, a cousin who had that look. And when they got that look, what do you do? Nothing. Right. They give you that look and they say something under their breath. And whatever they say under their breath, you, just, you nod your head and you keep moving. Because you know if you stop and you grab them, it's on. One of y'all going to get hit with a two-piece. Unless somebody break it up. But there will be a two-piece served by someone. And that coach grabbed him by his arm and Jawan said, get the, you know, get the F off. He said at least six times, at least six times. Yeah. And you still are trying to engage him when he clearly is not in any frame of mind to engage you, regardless of whether he's right or wrong. The point is he's pissed. Yeah. And this is, and he's one of them dudes. You know, this, he's not one of them dudes. Gary, you can back me up on this. There's only a certain number of guys. There are a lot of guys in the NBA that talk tough. But there's only a handful who are actual tough guys. Jawan was one of them dudes. Jawan was one of them dudes that you can you could kind of joke with him about. I'm not gonna mess with you because I know you, and he'll be like, "You right? Yeah, we, we, I've joked with him about that before." And there was a part of me that was a little nervous about joking with him about that the first time because I didn't really know how he was gonna take that. Jawan okay. is the last guy in college basketball that a coach should be trying to grab on the arm, try to get his attention. 
Yeah. So that was to me that I was I, I was bothered by the fact that there was very little attention paid to that, and he got a ten thousand dollar fine, which was only like twenty five percent of the fine that Juwan got, and he didn't get any any games suspended. So anyway, go ahead, Jimani. Go ahead, Kwani. No, oh, you can go. Gary's well, in the club right now, so he just, he's trying to lay low. No, 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 no. Here it is. So when Jawan was with the Fab Five in 1991, which is two years before Kawani was born, so she should remember, um, you know, he was he was the, the quiet, silent enforcer. Because I know Kawani is so young, she doesn't remember the Fab Five, and she, you know, she doesn't know anything about You're it right. because she's she's only 20, she's only 29. Only 19. Before, 19. Yeah, oh, before her before her time. Yeah. So I don't want uh, you know, because I appreciate so I appreciate the backstory. Okay. <laughs> So when I think that here's the thing that I think it was very fair for him to get suspended the rest of the season. You cannot put your hands on anybody. You cannot swing. Juwan had plenty of time to back up and just walk back to the bench when the scrum came. Okay. Juwan had plenty of time to be like, okay, this is getting too much. I'm just going to walk away and de-escalate. He didn't. He kind of, then the, the, the Wisconsin assistant got all started talking mess and then, then it was like then he he just kind of mushed him, pushed him away, kind of flailed a hand because if Jawan had really hit the dude, the dude would not have been standing. Okay, yeah. Jawan six eight two forty two or whatever six nine two forty still. Okay, I think there's a lot of pressure on Jawan Howard. The team went to the Final Four last year, or the sorry the Elite Eight. They lost yeah, the Elite Eight. Like UCLA. Um, this year they're having a tough season. They're fourteen and eleven. I happened to turn that game on. I didn't watch it live. I turned the game on like early second half. They were up like 38-36. And then they ended up getting smashed in the second half. So you're talking about you're on the real serious bubble, a chance to get a really big road win because Wisconsin's having a very good season. You get smashed in the second half, and then the opposing coach calls a timeout with 10 seconds left as a means to make sure that his guys don't have a 10-second call, which is so, like, do that in practice, Okay. Get the hell out of there. You got your 17-point win. You dominated the second half. You do not need to be teaching lessons by calling timeout. But there's no reason to put your hands on anybody. So I think it's a combination of pressure at um, the level he's coaching at because they're not having a good season. They've had a disappointing season. Remember, they had the Hutchinson – or sorry, Dickinson, I think, the big, the big center come back. When he could have came out, they were loaded to kind of make another run, and now they're still in the bubble. They've got to win probably a couple of games in the Big Ten tournament to get in. There's a lot of pressure on Jawan, and I, I think he cracked. And I also think that he's not friends with a lot of other coaches in the Big Ten. It's a fraternity. So when you get coaches like him, Mike Woodson, Micah Strewsbury, okay, they all have something in common against the great guards and the – and, 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 you know, I'm sure that the way Juwan does business and the way Greg Gard does business is different, okay? But, it, but Wisconsin's a machine. They recruit good players. They get the guys that aren't major lottery picks. They get the guys who are, who are pretty much just like four-year guys. So they, they're a machine, and they got this kid, Johnny Davis, who's a, who's a ball, okay? So... I blame Jawan for losing his cool. I blame him for not de-escalating the situation. I also think there's a lot of pressure on him in terms of 
when he got to Michigan, people were like, he can't coach. He ain't never been a head coach before. What are we doing here? And now the pressure's on because he's underachieving with a good team. And there's a lot of college basketball pundits who didn't think Jawan should have gotten hired or, or, or hard on coaches, especially black coaches, who do not go through the pipeline of assistant because, oh, there's a good assistant at Texas who would have been great for the Michigan job, like, you know, who to come straight from the NBA floor, like Mike Woodson did, okay, come from an NBA assistant. and co- Like, there's, there's pundits in college basketball who don't support those guys, okay, who are very vocally critical of their how, – how they go. So Jawan left himself open to that because can't nobody defend him. So all of the Seth Davises and all these guys, I'm not, nothing against Seth, but all the college basketball uh, experts are going to come after him for this. He left himself open, and there's no more room, wiggle room for Jawan. No more getting into it. Jawan, walk your ass off the floor after a tough loss. Shake a hand, bounce, okay? Or if it's up to your have an assistant, go someone you trust, say, Jawan, just, just leave. Bounce. Do not get into it about you called timeout or I didn't like that foul or whatever. Jawan's got to learn how to control himself. This is the big time in terms of college basketball. This is not the NBA. NBA, you can go at a, you know, people ain't going to really hold you accountable like that. College, just an example for the kids. It's about the quote unquote kids. That's what the NCAA wants you to think. But it was a terrible look. And Jawan needs to check himself because he's going to be have his ass out of a job. He do this again. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's down to his his you know that that last lifeline uh, for for doing this kind of stuff. There's, there's no doubt about that. But uh, again, my my whole issue is that this is another example of, of of when black coaches they can't just be good. They got to be better than the fools they're dealing with. I mean, the right thing for him to do would have been to walk away. But damn, Gary, if you're walking away and you're pissed and you say something to me that clearly says that you're pissed, and I grab your arm. You gonna have some issues with me, and, but we, but black coaches, we're supposed they're supposed to be, unfortunately are held to a different standard in many respects when it comes to conflict. Uh, they they almost have to go out of their way to avoid conflict, even when conflict potential conflict is on their on their doorstep. Because the whole issue in all this was a coach physically putting his hands on another coach, and yet yes, who was the first one that did that? Great guard. He was. And, and and to me, the fact that we as a society are so we come. And, and the other thing that pissed me the hell off was when Greg was talking about the incident. He it's for some reason, it just slipped his mind that he grabbed Javon first. And he talked about how Javon, how, how Javon pulled his mask down and said, I'm going to remember this and how he started putting his finger in his chest. And yet it, it just completely slipped his mind that, oh, by the way, you know, you, you didn't. You forgot that you grabbed him first. You forgot that he stopped when you stopped him. That right. he was Jawan was in KIM keep it moving mode after that game until he was stopped. And the fact that that whole aspect was so conveniently ignored in almost damn near every narrative knee jerk reaction. That's what troubled me. Jawan Jawan was wrong. There's absolutely no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But let's not pretend as if he was the only one that had that 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 had, you know, had, had something to do with what happened. And I want to touch on a point that Gary made when you talk about the double standards of being a black coach versus being a white coach. The 
when you look at the landscape of the NBA media, and obviously there's so much change that could happen in growth that's needed on any level, but I think college basketball, I mean, I don't even think I, I can say that college basketball, I think, is more toxic. So I think the biggest issue that I had was when you just look at the coverage of how that incident played out and the, the narratives that were following afterwards. And again, the fact that only one coach was suspended and not the un- other when it does take two people to have a fight was really unfair. But I've been in college basketball locker rooms where you don't see any type of diversity. If there's one place in the world that really needs to change the way that they're viewing these athletes, I think it's the college basketball media scrums. And that was a big reflection. Again, like you said, we're not condoning the fact that there was a physical altercation, but when it comes down to an incident like that happening, and then there's no real journalistic integrity in a sense of making sure that that incident is covered properly. That's what bothered me the most because I just knew I can't speak for Michigan specific demographics, but there was no way that there were multiple people of color that were covering that incident and able to fairly give both sides, I think, coverage. I think that's because like Greg, Greg guard is in the, I wouldn't say fraternity. Um, these that's guys a good word, probably, it works. No, in a sense, but these guys can call, probably call Greg guard up and get him on the phone. Right. You might not be able to do that with Anthony Hardaway. Okay. Yeah. You might not be able to do that with some of these African-American coaches who know their jobs on the line, Mike Anderson and St. John's. Um, the coach we do not talk about much, who has a top 10 team, who is black, is Ed Cooley at Providence. Okay. Do you think with the success, if he was not, if he was white, he would still be at Providence? And let, I know he's dedicated to Providence. Providence is a top 10 team right now. Providence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Providence. No football team, no like yeah. just a basketball program in a in a city in a the smallest state in the union. Okay, like he deserves a ton of credit for what he's done with the Providence program. Let's give these guys credit, but I also think that there's somewhat of a good old boys network when it comes to the coverage of these coaches mm-hmm. that if you don't cooperate or you're not in the circle of people that they know that they should that should because these guys think. Oh, such and such, this assistant here should hire get hired at this job when they take a chance and hire, especially a coach of color, because no one says anything about Chris Beard leaving Texas Tech for Texas. Okay. Mm-hmm. Taking Texas Tech to the final four to the national championship game, okay, then suddenly leaving for Texas. No, oh, Chris Beard's a great coach. They dump Shaka, who's doing a good job at Marquette. And Chris Beard, no one says a word about the lack of loyalty or whatever. No one's saying anything about Coach K saying, I don't want Tommy Amaker to replace yes, me. Yes. I want John Shire. Mm-hmm. Tommy Amaker has done miracles at Harvard. You know how hard it is to win at Harvard? Okay, to get Division One caliber athletes. IB, academics, yep. At Harvard, okay, to get guys who probably could make an NBA roster because there's they've got a couple of guys over the years who are probably, they got a kid at Seton Hall to transfer because Harvard doesn't, because remember, if you redshirt at Harvard, you lose that year. You don't get five years to play four in the Ivy League. So that's why all these like uh, fifth-year transfers, a lot of guys are from from uh, Ivy Leagues because the Ivy League don't play that. They don't do the whole like five years to play four. Yeah. So there's yeah. kids that are around the country that are, you know, probably NBA caliber that played at Harvard or in the Ivy League. That's a hard place to win. It has success. So 
Amaker, I'm sure, thought he was ready and thinks he's no, he's ready. For, he, he did Seton Hall, he did Michigan, he's done Harvard, but no, we need John Shire, the young, young rising. Okay, let's see how that works out. I'm not saying I don't know much about Shire, I think he's probably a very good young coach, but I also think that there's pressure on a guy like Jawan Howard and sometimes self created because he took the job, he took a, a, such a prestigious job. Michigan is this school that in football and basketball wants to, feels like it should win every year. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's why there's so much pressure on Jim Harbaugh in terms of the football program. Mm-hmm. Michigan is one of those programs that thinks, we're Michigan, That's you're not, true. we should win every year. And if we're not, there's a problem. I get that. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah. But, you know, there's a, a semblance of kind of, he's not in the fraternity, He's not in our group of guys. He's not who I thought should have got that job. When Mike Anderson got hired at St. John's, there was a lot of people that, oh, the terrible hire. Or and, and you know, much respect. Patrick Ewan is really struggling at Georgetown. There's a lot of people that didn't think he should have gotten that job. And maybe at this point they were right because they've lost 16 in a row. But that's a lot of pressure to go back to your alma mater. And I'm not excusing Jawan. Jawan acted a fool. Okay, yeah. just walk the hell away. Don't instigate. It's on national. It's, the game was on CBS. It wasn't on the Big Ten Network, folks. It was on CBS Sunday afternoon, right before the All Star game. So there was no a bunch of eyes. He got to be better. He's got to be better. Okay, yeah. or he'll be on some back in Eric Spoelstra's bench as an NBA assistant because he'll lose that job at Michigan because that's a that's a very good job and. Uh, He's got to be better, but I also think that you're right, Kwani. There's a semblance of a fraternity there that I know Juwan is not a part of. Very good insight from both of you. It's been a great podcast. What do you have on the horizon coming up this week? We actually have some breaking news. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Ahmed, our producer. The Celtics are planning to sign forwards Malik Fitz and Kellen Martin to 10 day contracts, according to The Athletic and Shams. Breaking reaction to that. <laughs> you know, I mean, Kellen is a guy that I, you know, Brad is familiar with. I think he played at Butler, I think. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he did play at Butler. So there's a, a certain amount of familiarity there because obviously Brad Stevens coming to Boston from Butler, even after he left, kept tabs on, on some of their guys there. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's worth kicking the tires around. You can, you can, you can't, you can do a lot worse, but the problem is this though. It doesn't really address I think a point that Gary was making and that is adding guys who can give you value and impact right now. Uh, and I think the reason why they were going to have so much trouble doing that is because they don't have this vacuum of minutes that guys can take a dip into. You basically have 10 to 15 minutes that are pretty much wide open that you've currently slotted for Peyton Pritchard. You could easily take him out of that and throw in someone else. But you look at their rotation. I mean, it's pretty tight right now. You know, when you when you talk about Grant coming off the bench, you talk about Daniel Tice is now in the, in the mix as well, coming off the bench. Uh, and, and, and so and, and Neesmith, you're not really sure where he fits. He's kind of like that ninth guy, if you will. So. This, I think, is just a kick around the tires to see if there's something here that maybe is better than what they think. But I I think these 10-day contracts will lapse and we will not see these guys, you know, with, after 10 days. 
Fair. If they stick around that long. I'm not, I'm, I'm not even sure they even stick 10 days. They may not even last 10 days. Gary? Well, I'm looking here. Um, Martin is, you're right. You're right, Sherrod. Sorry. Drop something. Had to catch his breath when he said that. Yeah. He's just like, Lord. You're right. I know. You're right, Sherrod. Martin oh my God, it. did I just say that? <laughs> Martin played it. Martin played it, Butler. Um, he's a guy who's bounced around. Um, kind of a combo guard. The same thing with uh, Fitz. Fitz played at St. Mary's, a California uh, transfer there. Uh, both guys are not a lot of NBA experience. Both guys have had a little cup of coffee. So I think these are, like Sherrod said, these are roster fillers. I think if you sign a 10-day contract today, maybe maybe it expires by the time or you leave an ro- open roster spot for that for that buyout guy, but you, you, you do it ASAP. Um, and see if they want to stick or they can sign them to a 10, I'm sorry, maybe uh, one of the guys to a two, two-way contract. But yeah, none of these guys are going to be impact guys. I think there's a, these are guys to fill roster spots. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see anything. Keelan Martin was waived by the Pacers uh, last month. He played 27 games. Now he might be able to play. He played 27 games this year, uh, 6.3 points. Uh, but 29.7 from three. So, eh, I don't know. 6'5", 230. So he's a, a guard forward. Uh, that's the kid from Butler. So He's a know, body on the floor. Yeah, he's somebody that they can, they can put out there. Um, so I'm not... Uh, not too high it, on either. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a wow signing. Yeah. Um, now, Fitz played seven games this year with the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. Five minutes a game. He averaged less than a point. So he's played 10 career NBA games. Uh, he, he transferred to St. Mary's from South Florida. He left school early. Um, entered the draft, was undrafted. So, uh, you know, he he is uh, another one, 6'5", 230. So they signed two big, thick brothers um, to fill out the, the end of the bench. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, we'll look forward to that. What do you two have coming up this week with your side jobs or your main job, side jobs? <laughs> uh, wrote about our good friend Juan Howard for Ebony. Uh, I'll have Is something. Really? Like I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Stop, stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know sure. what? I didn't know that. Really? Gary, 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 can I just walk Gary on your lawn for a little bit, Gary? Don't kick me off your lawn, all right? Just let me walk. I can let me walk on your lawn for a little Mark, bit. Mark, you want to hear me just say that like five minutes ago? He did. He just wants to drive the point home. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Like, dri- well done, Quanny. Drive traffic home. Got it. Nice. Well done. So, go ahead, Gary. What you got yeah. coming, Gary? Oh, you yeah, said. What what el- no. What do you got after Jawan Howard? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> That's I'm all done. he's doing this week. I'm, I'm gonna pull my Ben Simmons. He worked so hard on it. I'm done. <laughs> well, I don't want to play anymore. I'm done. Me, uh, I'm in New York for the Brooklyn game and also will be at, at Detroit and Indiana. Wait a minute. But you in the Brooklyn game already? Damn, Gary. Nice. You got a game like next you week. <laughs> you were in the Super Bowl? Who gave us Thursday, Sherrod? You act like Ben Simmons oh. playing in this game. Who wants really? to tell him that it's Thursday? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Damn. Funny. Um, and... I was able to, to jump to get both Taco Fall and Amir Big Dog Johnson 
uh, wow. to, talk, to talk about legends. Yes. Celtic legends. Celtic guys and, and both to talk about their experience uh, with the Celtics in the G League. So that will be coming up Sunday. So looking forward. We had a real good conversation with the big dog. He's doing well. He's good. playing for the G League Ignite team. Um, and, you know, he's a mentor. He's an old dog. And as Sherrod will remember, and I don't really want to bring this up because Sherrod will start tearing up. Uh, he was a, a young, young pup. When he played for the Pistons, he was right out of high school. And he and he said, you know, obviously Ben, Wallace, and Rasheed came midseason, and Rip and Chauncey were all his old heads. And uh, even, El- even Eldon Campbell, some of those old vets. And he is doing the same thing now with these G League guys. He is their old vet. I mean, these guys are 13, 14 years younger than the big dog. And he is telling them how to be a professional on and off the floor. And he just still enjoys playing the game. So I think it's a really neat story of a guy who doesn't want to really let go. And he wants to maybe the big dog wants to be a coach. And he's learning, learning the, the ways of dealing with younger players because there's a generational gap between someone born in 87, which is five or six years older than Kawani, and, uh, and someone born in 2000. Which is, because, which is how many years older than Which Kwani? is where my little brother was born. Yeah, because Kawani... In 1987, that was six years before Kawani was born. She doesn't remember 1987. I wasn't there. Or, or anything that happened in 1987. She doesn't. She never wasn't heard of a twinkle in a mama's eye so, yet. She never heard of Janet Jackson control album. Nope. She never heard of Whitney Houston's second Didn't album. Even watch the documentary. Like no, had no, she had no idea until Janet Jackson was until she, the doc came out. Until doc came out this year. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy how like, life is. Yeah, well, she just because it did, she came out before Kwani was born. So Kwani, like, I have no idea who you are. I, I can't stand you at all. I hate you. I mean, she, she, she barely remember. She barely. What does that say? Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. But she barely remembers Destiny Child. Okay, you need to. We're done here. We're done here. So. I am working Kwani, on Kwani. Name the Kwani. Name the other two members of Destiny Child besides Beyonce. Kelly Rowland and Michelle. No. Oh, you mean the original Michelle. girl? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember the original oh. girl. I don't remember her name, but I know there was an original girl. That should count Latoya, for something. Latoya Lucky. Latoya. There don't, you go. Don't, don't come Carrie. Right now. You want solo 20, too? 20. You get a like pass for that. No one remember Latoya. No one Latoya remember. Remember. They they remember Latoya. They like one other song after that. Yes, they do. Stop that. Stop that. They, they, they had Thank her on long God. enough to get on the album cover. That was it. Kwani <laughs> didn't even make it past that. Kwani named a 2009 Destiny Child. That's, you should that's the most relevant Destiny Child. But she could name every member of the Cheetah Girls. I actually can't name every member of the Cheetah Girls. So there you go. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I can't with Kwani. But anyway. In conclusion. Um, yeah. Or, uh, two two uh, stories. One on Taco and him okay. still hanging in there. And yeah. Amir Big Dog Johnson. One of the favorite, our favorite guys to cover. Just a really good, really, 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 genuinely good guy. One of the good guys in the league. Still trying to do it. Still says he's his phone is open for a ten day. So if any teams are interested in the big dog, bring him on. Sign him to a ten day. He's nice. the best. He's the best. That's good to I, know. I am working on the hub today as usual. We have another spotlight coming up. We're going to work on Dorchester. So if you didn't watch the Jamaica Plain one. It was some good feedback on it. If you need to, money go going to the D. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say Detroit, Dorchester, not the other city. But 
that should be a good segment if you're looking for things to do in Boston that are not traditional touristy things. I've got you covered. And as always, a shout out once again to betonline.ag. Use that promo code CLNS50 to get your first sign-on bonus. Follow us, subscribe, share this with a friend. This was a pretty good episode, so I'm sure you have at least one friend that will want to listen to this. After, <laughs> hey, look, make sure it's a friend that was born after after, after 1986. <laughs> Just pick a random year. For A. Blakely and Gary Washburn, I'm Kwanye Lunas. This is the A-List Podcast. We'll be back, back, back next Get off week. Gary's lawn. Get off his lawn. <laughs>